Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. And I'm Hannah. We are here to- Folks! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I don't know about y'all, but I'm here to steal cops and set them on fire and have a bee camp, like any normal woman would. (laughs) Of course. Um, I, we all I, know that women like bees. Women like two things: bees and uh, murder. murder. <laughs> women love bees and killing cops. As representative for the women, yes, that's probably why yes, I'm attracted do. to women. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Honestly, if this movie was supposed to be about the dangers of women being in charge of society, they did a really bad job of it. <laughs> we'll take your senators and your congressmen and replace them with bees. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched the 2006 Wicker Man uh, we remake. Did. So um, I guess as like a little introduction, this is our unofficial april fools celebration um so mm-hmm. we didn't do our usual april fools day thing this year and instead i was like well you know what aren't we all just fools for nicholas cage um <laughs> so we're not only going to be fools for one day we are going to talk about four nicholas cage horror films over the month of april you're welcome yep. Um, so of course we had to start with the most, um, infamous of them. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, this this one kind of works too with the April Fool's metaphor because like he kind of plays the character of the fool from the 70s film. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So speaking of the 70s film, we have talked about that before on our podcast and it's one um, of my favorites. Yeah, it's a, a really good, good movie. So I would definitely recommend, if you haven't heard that episode yet, go back and listen to that one first. Because I think it just gives some really good context. Yeah, uh, we're for... also going to probably compare the two movies quite a bit. Yeah, so. yeah and just just go watch the 1970s Wicker Man. Yeah. I never look twice at this abomination. I don't unless know. Unless you're just here for the It's memes. also like easier. Well, I guess they're both kind of easy to find. So the original one is on Netflix still, I believe. It, it is? Okay, it was that's what I was wondering. And then the remake, we watched this on Tubi, which is like free with ads. Um, mm-hmm. Which is very fitting in a way. Like it was kind of hilarious to watch this and then just have an ad like pop up in the middle of something. It's like um, GoDaddy.com. It's yeah. like go go daddy, more like go away daddy. I need to see some more Nicolas Cage yeah, B action. Or like, <laughs> have you tried the new Taco Bell <laughs> Nacho Fries? <laughs> have you tried the new Taco Bell blast your asshole out combo meal yet? <laughs> Oh. And then you just cut to Nicolas Cage screaming, and it, yes. it's too perfect. <laughs> yep. Honestly, we we should be making Taco Bell ads. <laughs> we really I mean, should. I Cage enough should of be it. making Taco Bell I, ads with us. I sacrifice yes. my internal organs just about every week for that goddamn company, so they might as well pay me for it. Hey. <sighs> yeah. So the. I think that uh, we'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who knows how to use the internet who has not heard of this movie, at least. 
mm-hmm. um, particularly a certain scene from this movie, which I was uh-huh. surprised to Ta- learn isn't actually in the theatrical cut. Yeah, it's um, only in the unrated version. Yeah, so but we'll get to that. So, um, I guess as succinctly as possible, we can describe the plot. But I really want to just get into talking about like the the, the weirdness of this film because it is truly bizarre. Like every there is no tonal consistency. Um, I think after the fact, you know, Nicolas Cage has claimed like, oh yeah, it was meant to be a comedy. And like, sure. no, I don't. It, it was I don't not buy that <laughs> for a second. I don't, nope. No. Like, especially considering the source material. Like, everyone knows the 1970s Wicker Man is iconic, and it is about something, and influenced not horror in general. And you can't. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe someone would set out to remake it and make it a comedy. Or yeah. if they did, they would just say state it outright. You could tell. They were trying to do something. I yeah, think they just forgot they to just... figure out what that something was. <laughs> they yeah. totally failed. And like the the main reason the 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 original Wicker Man was so successful was because it was a commentary on religion and and the perspectives of pagans versus Catholics. And the it, all of that was just thrown out the window in this one. Like there's. There's, like, no mention of, like, the main character being Catholic. It's, like, all about him having some kind of trauma about his daughter? Question well, mark? they do no, the most generic... pulled over. They do the most generic thing ever. Like, how many movies have we watched where a man feels guilty because somebody died? Especially a cop. Like, mm-hmm. that, you know, already you're starting off weak because it's just the most absolute lamest and laziest choice you could possibly make but yeah so the they start the movie nick cage is a cop um he pulls over this lady and she has her daughter in the car and he's chatting with them and um the little girl is like she keeps throwing her doll out the window and so he runs to go grab it and their car gets hit by a semi-truck and they both die with well, the okay this scene we're already starting out strong because, like, the mom's already dead, like, on impact, but the little girl's still sitting in the back seat while the car is on fire. And so Nick Cage is like, okay, grab my hand. Come on, I can help you. And she's, like, looking at him with this... I don't know. Like, if you've ever tried to tell a child a joke and they just don't think it's funny, <laughs> like, that discerning savage that kids yeah. give you when they just think you're a total idiot, that is well, the like, look right, this right little girl before is that. Getting. She keeps, like, throwing her doll out the window of her car, and then when he pulls them over to give her the doll back, like, she goes, I'm bored, and just, like, throws it out the window. I I don't even, like, I think it's safe to assume that she wasn't even acting. Like, they probably just got some random kid off the street, and she knew what kind of movie she was in and wanted no part of it. Oh, Nicolas Cage? Yeah, I'm just gonna fuck around. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Uh, it's... So like throughout <sighs> the film he has trauma from this and like I mean fair, you saw people die in front of you, but it's like really shoehorned in and like just the lamest possible way to do that storyline. Mm-hmm. Do you um, like sepia tone black and white 
yeah. like images and, that are replayed over itself. And it, like, well, it then you're gonna love the they play that. It doesn't that truly just, contribute to the themes of the film at all. It doesn't. He's just traumatized. So that makes him sad. Truck bad. Nick yeah. Truck good. Honk. Yeah. So um, he gets a letter from his ex fiance that says like, "Hey, uh, sorry." I kind of broke up with you and ran off to this island where I'm from. I guess she's from this island and she had left and then she went back after she broke up with him. And she's like, but anyway, I have a daughter now, but she's gone missing and I know you can help her. And so he goes to find the little girl, which like, of course, at some point, like, you're just waiting for the mom to be like, by the way, it's your daughter. And so, of course, that happens. Because this movie is very predictable. And, mm. like, from the second he gets to this island, everyone's just acting weird. Which, like, is also kind of the how it is in the original. But, like, at least in that one, they have this religion that is the foundation of their lifestyle. Like, their life is centered around it, and um, you understand, like, okay... Like, yeah, they seem weird, but it's just because they live such a drastically different lifestyle, so it's easier to, like, excuse some of the, that behavior, and, like... Well, and there's this not this freeness you know, about them as well, where their society just doesn't seem encumbered by, like, the, stead the steady... The rigidity that is in, um... Oh, what do they call it? Uh, I'm trying to remember, um... Anglo-Saxon society where everything must be prim and proper and restrained whereas in their society everyone just kind of speaks poetically um, runs naked through the fields it's a very <laughs> yeah. 70s vibe and there's yeah. there's that difference between like a guy who comes from this place where if you show any emotion you gotta rein that shit in versus people who just put, put everything on mm. their sleeve it's and, like repression yeah. versus expression yeah yeah, and and this one like, first of all, you just don't... They barely mention their religion at all. Yeah. They, like, I have no idea who they're supposed to be, like... Here's what I think. I think Worshipping they, or... I think anything. they were trying... I think they were trying to blend the modern idea of a cult, which is very puritanical, um, very pilgrim-esque, um, closed off from society, no technology, um, worship with the iconic imagery from the original Wicker Man, which is just the exact opposite, and mm -hmm. then whatever fucking cultural iconography we have associated with Celtic culture, which is Braveheart, yeah. <laughs> putting it all together in this soup and ultimately meaning nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's another thing. This movie takes place in America, in Washington. Yeah. And, like, and I don't... Yeah, the original takes place in um, the UK. It's like an yeah, it's like an island off the coast of like Ireland or something. Yeah, Scotland, Ireland. And so like, there's a sense of um, antiquity in the other movie, and it feels more rooted in um, I don't know a specific tradition versus like in the new movie it's just a bunch of random mishmash yeah. stuff it has like gender politics but from like a middle school perspective yeah um, yeah and a middle yeah. school reddit boy nonetheless and because like they changed the backstory completely where 
Lord Summer Isle is now Sister Summer Isle, and she explains to Nicholas. Is, is it okay that we jump ahead a bit? Sure. Or? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, she explains to Nicholas Cage that um, their an- her ancestors were Celtic. Uh, but they were oppressed for their femininity, which I don't know enough about Celtic history to to say anything about that. But uh. um, so they sounds moved fake, to but okay. <laughs> the United States, where gender equality was so good, totally fine. Don't even worry about it. Um, and then they well, moved to Salem, yeah. which um, you know that didn't end well because of the witch burning. So they moved to their own island in Washington where they closed themselves off from society and started this strange mishmash thing. Yeah. With bees. So like with bas- bees. Yeah. So that's like I guess their primary um crop, so to speak, is like they have honey and they have bees. Uh, so they make sure to mention it plenty of times during the movie and have all this iconography about bees because because bees, bees are a matriarchal. Yeah, species. bees are matriarchal. Oh my god! And then what is it in the finale? Um, so they put Nick Cage in the Wicker Man and they kill him so that they can make the honey better. Um, but it's so strange because like instead of like singing the, I think it, I don't remember the exact name of the song, but it's like "Summer Will Come," which is like an old folk song about um, you know, the weather being good and summer coming back and harvests being plentiful and it's very much rooted in the culture and this one they just say kill the drone because it's bees and he's a drone and they're the queen yeah. yes <laughs> yes hunty slay grandma's <laughs> kill that nick cage man oh my it's god so it's bad. so bad what a girl yeah. boss like i do not understand like there's no nuance to it whatsoever and it's basically and like even the way the society functions like doesn't make that much sense like it's basically you know just roles reversed like women are in charge and men have it shitty and like i feel like they're they're not properly taking into account like different cultural factors of what a matriarchal society would actually look like and like i'm not saying it would be all roses because i don't like you know obviously the goal is equality but like Mm -hmm. i think that a matriarchal society would look incredibly different than what our society is you know like i don't think it would just be the same thing like but reversed and I feel like they really missed some opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all of the femininity that they talk about being free to express is restrained. Like they are dressed like pilgrim women. They like have their hair pulled back and like dressed in very modest attire, which if that's your mm-hmm. bag, go for it. But a lot yeah. of those like iconography were developed to try to suppress women expressing their sexuality. Yeah. yeah. All the girls, and like, like, and there's lots of scenes where people all talk, like, they speak at the exact same time, like, in mm-hmm. unison with each other. Like, that doesn't really say anything to me about, like, freedom to express yourself. Especially not nope. when in the original, we have, like, these people dancing naked and, like... Yeah. They were, like, pro- doing propositioning, drugs and, like, yeah, propositioning masturbating the main character, graveyards. Like, hey, yeah, hey, come have sex with me. Like, to me, that feels <laughs> a lot more liberated. Yeah. <laughs> well, and in this one, I think the only moment of girl power, I was like, yes, ma'am. 
was when she was sitting naked in a room full of bees. And I think it was just some random woman we haven't seen before. And she, Nick Cage is just looking for... He's just Lady like Summer screaming Isle. at her, yeah. and she's just kind of sitting and there, bees, and she's like, "What's up, bro?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's literally that scene from The Shining where you just open doors and like see a bunch of spooky stuff. That's what's happening. He's just running through all these different buildings and seeing weird stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God, there's so much. The movie's plot is one thing because, like, yeah, it's stupid and bad, but it's also just the scenes within it are bizarre. In mm-hmm. a way that is very hard to express. They were trying to put something that was very much specific to the time period into a new time period and doing it horribly because it was not saying anything about the culture during the time. Well, and it's interesting because I do think folk horror can be done very well. Like, I think Midsommar did do a very good job, even if I don't, like, 100% love the fact that it's been turned into this girl boss good for her narrative. Yeah. Um, I feel but like I this movie do deserves it. that more than Midsommar does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, at least, you know, at least, like, with the other movies, like, with Midsommar, you understand why this group would be appealing to her and how they're able to, mm-hmm. like, lure people in. Like, in this movie, it's like, why would anyone want to stay in this culture? <laughs> you know, like, the... Yeah. Um... His ex had left, and then she goes back. Like, why would she go back to that culture? They seem, like, really boring. Well, you they find really out later understand. that she's an agent to, well, like, yeah, basically, but, like, mate with men and lure them into the cult or whatever to kill them. But why them? does she look so miserable the whole goddamn time? Even yeah, they're burning like, like a stick. <laughs> it's like, even if I was an agent, like, I would totally turn my back the second I got out in the world and was like, oh, hey, yeah. this is a whole lot more fun than where I came from. Honestly, I think the biggest failure of this movie, though, is just Nick Cage's character has, like, nothing. And, like I said, like, they took away anything interesting about the character in the original movie and replaced it with just this generic Hollywood backstory of, like, oh, the cop who didn't, like, who lost someone and has trauma. And it's like, no, like, the other movie was, like... I don't know, you get a sense of that character much more, of, like, his faith, Mm -hmm. his outlook on life, um, you know, just through the ways he interacts with people. Like, Nick Cage in this movie, he just, like, yells at people and... (laughs) And points a gun at them and is like, get off the bike! Yeah. (laughs) They had to literally clarify that the kid who was missing was his daughter, because I don't think the filmmakers believe the audience would think this guy would just go out to try to help a kid that wasn't his own. That's how messed up this movie is. He's very aggressive, which, like, I don't know, maybe it's, like, part of the filmmaker's point. Like, oh, men are aggressive. But but I don't <laughs> think it is. I think it's just the line delivery. Like, as soon as he they steps just, off like, the plane. They were just, like, being cage. <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, screaming at them, like, where is she? Where is she? And What's in the bag? <laughs> yeah, and, like, first of all, he does not have it's a warrant. extremely violent So these people don't no actually have to tell him anything, but he's going around, like, I'm gonna arrest you, and, like, really talking it, talking it up. I'm like, bro, you, you have no power here. You don't have a warrant. Like, you honestly shouldn't be. They also made it very explicit that he's a cop from California, and they are in Washington, so he technically has no power over them at all. Yeah. I will say, um, had it not been for Nick Cage's bizarre 
strange, off-putting performance, this movie would have absolutely nothing going for yeah, it. Yeah, no, it that would is not. the only thing that is fun about this movie. There is, I do not like the, um, the set design. It is not appealing. I don't understand how this culture works. It feels like they just took a grab bag of iconography. Um, and uh, it's just, it's just not pretty. It's not interesting. The music is so bland. Mm-hmm. In- and it's just, I th- part of this is knowing the source material is so good and so well thought out in every regard. And this one is so clearly not. But I don't yeah. know, that seems to work in Nick Cage's favor where it works against every other department in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like he definitely p- belongs in the world of this movie. And so, like, I do wonder, because I, I know a lot of people have shit on his performance in this movie, and um, there's people who call him, like, a bad actor or whatever, which, like, I've seen him act in good stuff. He is a good actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm wondering, though, like, for this film, do you think it's more his performance? Do you think it's the direction? Do you think it's both? Because, like, I, I, I haven't really read that much behind-the-scenes stuff, so I don't know, like, how much of it was his input and how much was someone else's. Nick Cage, um, there's an interesting video about how Nicolas Cage does acting, and there are certain scripts where he doesn't, like, go into the meaning of something. Like, there was one scene that we're going to go into with um, The Vampire's Kiss where he said, my whole point in acting the scene was I just wanted to see how wide I could get my eyes. And, like, that's all. That was his acting motivation. And yeah. I think he does that occasionally with, like, how, how, can, how much can I vary my voice in this scene? Like, very simple things that were very bizarre but set him apart from other actors and allow him to engage with things that normal people wouldn't because it is a lot of trial and error and i think he's smart in that he uses these like rinky dink movies to test out certain styles of acting and Mm -hmm. see what works and what doesn't that's my theory on nicholas cage what probably happened is he like is a strange fun guy who needed money did a movie and did his strange fun thing and it's it seemed to rise above the stupidity and bland badness of it in a different fun bad way yeah Yeah. i mean he has straight up said that like he's proud of his performance in this movie so i'm like yeah power to you man i mean like you said it is the only thing that really makes this movie memorable at all yeah Mm -hmm. i i definitely think that like it in terms of like Nicolas Cage and like the stuff that he does I feel like he he definitely does like to mess around with stuff but like I feel like people watch him do certain things and then they're just like that was hilarious keep doing that (laughs) you know yeah yeah it's like like a method if I were if I were like directing a movie with Nicolas Cage in it I would just let him do whatever the fuck he wanted well, and he seems like the kind of personality who would just take take charge and run with that. Like, I do mm-hmm. think that it would take a very strong director who has a very clear vision of what he wants and would choose Nicolas Cage deliberately because he knows what he's capable of and how it would mm-hmm. fit within his vision. Like, I do think Mandy was perfect for him. Yeah. I think um, Moonstruck is perfect for him. I think there are many, many movies that are perfect for him. I think this one, the director didn't know. They knew he was a big star. They knew he was capable of doing great things. I don't think the director had a strong enough vision to rein him in or direct him towards anything. So he just let mm-hmm. him go. He just mm-hmm. let I him mean, be. I mean, this movie was basically just a huge fucking mess. So, like, that, I feel like that as a theory seems pretty likely. 
you know? Yeah. So, uh, what are your... There are so many to choose from. So what are your favorite Nick Cage moments in this film? Um... Can can we talk about how he just like decides to beat the shit out of a bunch of women? Fun fight choreography too. Like he's just like karate kicking ladies. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's like out of context. There's this very specific thing where he's going to go rescue the little girl, and like si- they go like, "Sister, what's wrong?" And he just like throat chops a woman. That's <laughs> so great. Yeah, when he's dressed as a bear and he just decks someone, <laughs> like, that's... Yeah, the, the, that's what I'm talking about. Like, he's, like, dressed as a but bear you, and he just, like, But you need like, to mention that he's her. dressed as a bear, yeah. that adds <laughs> so much more to that scene. And Which then, is so... I mean, he, like, punches, like, three different people for, like, no discernible reason other than, like, just, just to do it, I guess. I mean, I mean like... He thinks I mean, th- that they're gonna sacrifice his daughter. Quote unquote but... his daughter. I actually have no idea if that's like actually supposed yeah. to be his daughter. I think yeah. so. They drop a lot of like random ass information in the final mm-hmm. act. Like I'm pretty sure I saw the two girls from the car crash in the crowd, but how is that possible? They done did blow up. Uh, just the the whole thing was bad. <laughs> I yeah. thought my favorite moment was when he was talking. Whenever he's like really angry at someone, like my favorite moments are in the schoolhouse when he's like, "You're the biggest liar of them all," at the teacher, and it's just I don't know. He's so pissed off. He's like, "Why would you let them do such a sick thing? Like keep a crow in a." desk yeah that scene is great because when he walks into the schoolroom, first of all the girls are just chanting phallic symbol phallic symbol (laughs) and he's like wow school's changed a lot since i was in school (laughs) and then like when he's arguing with the sister summer isle he's like what is it look sister i don't believe in your bees i don't believe in your gods i believe in the law (laughs) Like okay, Just, okay. My my thing about the scene where he walks into the schoolhouse is like, how did they get a crow in a desk? I'm pretty I'm pretty sure like a bunch of little girls probably can't do that, <laughs> especially if it's a wild bird. Maybe it's so, another like, fucking dream sequence. Yeah, I don't. There are God knows <laughs> there are plenty of those in this movie. Like yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're like, we want to see how long we could keep a crow in a desk. And he's like, you, you're you a bunch of sick fucks. And it's like, I mean, yeah, kind of. But, like, I don't believe that they would be able to put a crow in a desk anyways. I just, things happen in this movie. I don't feel like they happen for a reason. Things just... It feels Everything like they took the happens so much. I, a lot, I think a lot of stuff like that is just trailer bait, honestly. Like, this movie mm-hmm. just seems, like, to revolve around what kind of weird imagery would make a really great trailer. Like, mm-hmm. I bet you, I haven't seen a trailer for this movie, I bet you if you go watch it, like, 90% of the stuff in that trailer is from the dream sequences in this film. Because that's mm-hmm. the I'm only time right anything now. remotely scary happens. And I I'm pulling it up. put scary in quotes. 
like in in the original with the 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 schoolhouse scene like it, they literally it's like they tied up a bug to something on the desk and like we're like basically watching it walk around and around until it tied itself up which well, seems like, more likely for children to do mainly because bugs are a lot easier to handle than a crow is <laughs> well i mean that scene also just served a, a an actual purpose because it yeah. explained more about how their society works and like what do these kids learn in school and this movie yeah. we don't know what anything that they learn except phallic symbol phallic phallic symbol <laughs> yeah like they, okay i'm they... looking up the trailer so far it's literally just the opening scene like there is not it, it's just the doll thing Fast forwarding. They don't even do the island stuff. It's just the first act. This movie, oh it failed as a trailer. They had one thing going for it. Suicide Squad. Suicide uh. Squad made a good trailer. This is nothing. I'm honestly more pissed off now than I was before. I don't know why. But yeah, Kai, what about you? What was your favorite Nick Cage moment? Um, oh, There's so many to choose from. I mean... I like when he first shows up on the island and there's these people holding this large bag with blood on it that's like very um, mysteriously wiggling and he just goes, is that a shark? And like, I don't know, that just cracked me up. <laughs> we we actually never figure out what's in that bag. I assume it was probably another person. I, I feel like it was just something totally random, like... You know, us women, we you never know what we're going to do. We're going <laughs> to zip onto your podcast. We're going to take your bees. We're going to steal James <laughs> Franco and Dipper Pines right from under your noses. And you'll yeah, that's another coming. thing. Uh, James Franco is in this movie. James Franco and Jason Ritter yeah. make an appearance at the end of the movie for no fucking reason. Well, I think it's too established because it's Willow, the fiance of Nicolas Cage, and some random woman who punched in the face show up at a bar in america and say like hey y'all want to get me pregnant and then i do this elaborate scheme where i lure you cop boys to my island and then we we just throw <laughs> random shit at you until we burn you in a big st stick man great I plan mean, ladies girl power yeah i like i get i get it like it's supposed to establish like they have very specific targets or whatever which girl power girl boss gatekeep male <laughs> wife whatever um <laughs> girl boss beekeep beekeep oh my god yes um repeat but like the if we if sold merchandise i would want that on a shirt girl boss beekeep repeat <laughs> girl boss yes. beekeep repeat yeah um but like i i just feel like it serves no real purpose because like the the whole point of like the ritual was specifically because their crops were dying so like do do they just like need men on hand to sacrifice if everything if, just in case something goes wrong or like what's what's the uh the impetus for them to go out again to to find men to kill i don't know i think i think it's the movie. I, I mean like they do make it a point to to point out that like James Franco is also a cop, so they might just hate cops. Which good on you. Valid, yeah. <laughs> but like, I I I think it's just because they wanted to give the movie some sort of twist ending. Because this was 
um, around the time that M. Night Shyamalan was really popular. Uh-huh. So maybe Late they just 2000s. wanted to give it some kind of final twist. I think so. It's I like mean, a good final twist was, would be if they actually made a good movie, which they didn't. <laughs> well, maybe to kind of, like, say, look out, single men, this could be you. Yeah. <laughs> look out, single man cop. <laughs> uh, single men cops who had an affair years ago that may or may not have led to a daughter who's mysteriously been gone missing. <laughs> Get out of this movie, James Franco. Don't you have a Spider-Man to go obsess over? Uh, so, um, I guess we do We do need to talk about the bee scene, because that's iconic. The bees. Which, it wasn't in the theatrical cut, which is yeah. what we watched, but we, we had to go and find it and watch it, because it was too important to not watch. The version we saw... I actually think is ten times funnier than the B scene because <laughs> yeah. you don't actually see it. They just do the voiceover just, of breaking yeah. his legs and like torturing him, and you just hear Nicolas Cage go, "Oh my legs! Oh my legs! I don't believe in your God!" And the woman's like, "Oh, but I do." And then it's just a wide shot of them walking to the Wicker Man, and it's just really, really funny. When, when they show his face, when like they reveal the Wicker Man thing that they're gonna burn him in and he's like no oh no 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 <laughs> i just i lost it it's so good <laughs> um, so like the b scene yes. is iconic also like it's every yeah bit is good it's very badly computer generated images of bees it's slapped has, on like, top of Nicolas cage <laughs> it has no point except for i guess shock value maybe like he mentions throughout the film, like, oh, I'm allergic to bees. And then they're like, we make honey and there's lots of bees here. But, like, yeah, there's still no reason for this scene the, to exist. Then they, they give him an EpiPen after they put a hood of bees on him. <laughs> I like that they um they took out this How did they get an EpiPen? Um, idea of the evolution of religion. And instead mm-hmm. substituted it with, what if man allergic to B and CB? What happened then? <laughs> they were like, hmm, gender politics is something that's kind of important. Let's totally butcher any nuanced discussion we could have with it by putting Nicolas Cage in a in a hood of bees and then just watch them, him scream for hours and hours. Hey. Hey. Mm-hmm. You like jazz. Yeah, like, do you like jazz? I think Nicolas <laughs> Cage liked just... jazz very much. Okay, the B movie came out mm, like maybe two years after this because I, I think, think this came a... out in two thousand six. Yeah, um, this came out two thousand eight. I think. No, no, no. You're right. You're was... right. Two thousand six. Yeah. This came out two thousand six, and then I think the B movie came out in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So like. I feel like at some point the B-movie should have referenced this movie, and they just totally didn't, and that's a failure on Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, honestly, I feel like this movie wasn't as big of a meme at that point until, like, I mean, yeah, Like, until about, like, 2010 (laughs) is when I would say, like, the- the meme stuff well, yeah, of this movie really Because everyone was, like, watching Nicolas Cage films, and they made him into a rage comic, so that's kind of when his- I mean, I'm not gonna lie, also- Yes, this is embarrassing, but I know I'm not the only person who heard about this movie because of the Nostalgia Critic. I I was one of those people, too. I mean, yeah, 
but like I watched it just now, so like I didn't I didn't really find the memeableness of it to be like from the nostalgia critic specifically. Yeah, well, I think it's just I think that's how a lot of people heard of the movie. Yeah. Well, and for me, I think that Nicolas Cage had already been established as a meme, so he kind of brought the star power and the meme power to this vehicle. Mm -hmm. Because I'll be honest, I don't want people watching this movie. I don't think it's worth it. I love people watching Nicolas Cage out of context on YouTube. I think that's the proper (laughs) way to appreciate this film. Just look up clips of this movie. Because I mean, also, I realized this, the guy who wrote this m- movie, uh, Neil LeBute, has written plays that I have had to read and see people do monologues from, and they are also <laughs> very sexist and very poorly written. So this mm-hmm. has been very, I wish I had known he had wrote this movie too when we had to study his stuff, because then I could have just said, you want us to do the guy who did the Wicker Man reboot? And then everyone would have felt very silly. Yeah. Yeah. This man wrote, not the bees. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, not the bees. So, like, I I think I would still tentatively recommend watching this movie, but, like, very conditionally. So, like, Mm -hmm. first, you have to have seen the original. um, Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. because it's great. Um, It has more to say about the topics of religion. You need to watch this movie with a group of friends if you are going mm-hmm. to watch it. And third, um, you should be inebriated if possible. <laughs> so oh like either God. drunk or high or what, whatever your preference. And Play I a drinking like- game where every yeah. time Nicolas Cage yells, you have to finish your drink. Oh, that they'd be dead, Marty. Yeah, yeah, that's I know. Really that's- but I, I think that. <laughs> Like, I do think this movie would be enjoyable, like, if you have a good group of people to watch it with, and you can just riff, mm-hmm. um, because it's so, it's so fascinating in, in its badness, and, like, that makes it unique, because, I mean, we've watched a lot of bad movies for this podcast, um, but a lot of them are just really generic, like, you know, the same kind of thing you've seen a million times, but, like, this mm-hmm. is something I can truly say I have not seen before, um, it is unique in all of cinema. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I think just seeing the original has soured this experience cuz I think I think watching movies with the right people to riff with is always fun and I think you're right. I do think that would be a good time. But like seeing the Wicker Man, I just treasure that experience so much mm-hmm. and I just can't separate it anymore and it's just it's sad to me. I kind of yeah. miss those days when I could appreciate the full meme and boldness of this instead of just regret what really came before and was really very well done. Yeah. yeah. That is true. Uh, so I do hope if if people who are listening get anything out of this, it's please go watch the original Wicker Man because it's actually the original- just a really good movie. <laughs> It's very good. Christopher Lee is in it. He has wonderful hair and he wears a kilt. That's reason enough to go watch it. I mean, I love Christopher Lee. I will watch anything that he's in. Yes. I mean, I will also watch anything that Nicolas Cage is in, but I feel like that's to the the detriment of my uh, brain cells. (laughs) I am glad we watched this. Like, it does feel like a part of our culture now. Like yeah. it or not. So I think it is something that, like, seeing it, I did have a, a better understanding of where we were in the early, well, I guess late 2000s and mm-hmm. um, what went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And what went right, which was Nicolas Cage. I'm so glad he's 
yeah. still around and still making both good and bad movies. Like, that's what yeah. I need. Yeah, honestly. Like I said, I'll watch anything that he's in. Yeah. <sighs> well, do we have any last thoughts about this movie? Um, kill the drone, I guess. <laughs> kill the drone. Um, girl boss, beekeep, murder, James Franco, repeat. Yes, D- kill that James was- Franco. Don't actually <laughs> kill James Franco. Le- no, le- don't. I don't. Don't do that. Or may or I don't know how what people's stance on James Franco is. Don't don't, well, don't murder kill him on recommendation from us. We don't mean it. It's a joke. As Nicolas Cage said, murder is murder. Yeah, so I think I'm done talking about this movie. I mean like I, I it is truly hard to discuss movies that have such a notoriety because everyone kind of already makes the same points about them. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I do I do legitimately think this is a fascinating film. I just really wish I knew the behind the scenes of like why did, first like why did someone think that they needed to remake the Wicker Man? Um why did they make the specific choices that they did? I just they were like, I would love to hear I would love to know. The imagery with the bees, like I kinda get it, but also why change that from the originals like thing with the apples or yeah and i guess really, like really even, anything um in 2021 i wouldn't even question it as much because remakes are so common now but like yeah. in 2006 i mean i guess they kind of were like they were remaking you know all the slashers like freddy and jason yeah. and stuff at that point in time but like but those were also all bad yeah but i would <laughs> yeah. i would say the wicker man's like has never been as commercial as those, so it does still yeah. seem like a perplexing choice to me to remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not to be too pretentious, oh well. but it did feel like they were trying to make something truly artistic. Oh yeah, Hollywood totally accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so the other okay, the last thing I do want to bring up also, I noticed this in the credits. This film is dedicated to Johnny Ramone, like of the Ramones. <laughs> <laughs> It's like why though? So, I looked it up. So apparently, he and Nick Cage were friends, and he recommended the original Wicker Man movie to Nick <gasps> Cage. But like, okay. seeing it out like of context that. is just so funny. Like, it's like, what if I made a really terrible remake of Chucky, and then I dedicated it to Glenn Danzig or something? It's like, sure. Honestly, Nicolas Cage is friends with so many rock stars at this point. I think he could get them to do anything and vice versa. I saw him and Alex Wolf and Kesha in a picture together, and I think my brain expanded that day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I, and I'm not here to make fun of that either or make light of it, because I know, like, Johnny Ramone is not alive, so I don't want to, like, make fun of a dead person. But it, it is, it's just something that did make me laugh seeing it out of context. Like, that's, that's like, one of the first things you see when the film ends. Like, you've gone through this journey of watching this batshit crazy film, and then it ends, and it's, like, dedicated to Johnny Ramone. As if I, as if I thought this couldn't get weirder. Well, and I don't, yeah, I, I, I want to clarify, too, I did not mean that in a, like, I meant it in a friendship way. Like, the way you guys could get me to do anything, because I love you guys so much. And I do think there was a real yeah. passion and friendship there of watching movies yeah. together and just bonding mm-hmm. in that way. And I do think that Nicolas Cage seems like a very kind of sweet person. Yeah. 
<sighs> well, thank you guys for going on this journey. Yeah, this and awful bee journey. <laughs> as always, thank you to our listeners um, for sticking around and supporting us through the this. Um, we've got a pretty good lineup, I would say, for Nick Cage month, so stay mm-hmm. tuned. Um, there is at least one movie on our list that I like unironically, so that's yeah. good yes. news. Um, if you want to hear more from us, you can follow us on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. Uh, also, be sure to check out our Patreon where you can toss some money at us if you like what we do. We have some mm-hmm. bonus episodes on there. We also um, post episodes early there, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so be sure to check it out. Yeah. <sighs> Please do. Bees, This man. sure was a movie. <laughs> it was. <laughs> a nightmare. Ooh, when you say the last line, you gotta emphasize the bee, Kai. I don't want to take it away, but you gotta, you gotta do the bee oh joke. Oh my god. <laughs> please, yeah. please, okay. please. I can't say this with a straight... <laughs> please! May your nightmares... Be plentiful. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy.